Good morning. Merry Christmas. It is a wonderful day. Christmas is not only one day, but an entire season. We go all the way to the 6th of January, the beginning of the Epiphany season. But for our siblings in the Orthodox churches, Christmas begins January 7th, and 12 days later. So if you have need any reason, not that you do, to continue partying with COVID protocols, and feasting, and giving and receiving, and keeping your tree up, go all the way to the 18th of January, and you'll be fine. Yes. And for those of you who are here in person and in the sanctuary, thank you for observing our COVID protocols as we um, ask you to, to wear masks. And those of you online, welcome to our worship. We are here to worship the living God. Let us now join our voices and our hearts to the call to worship with the sacred words adapted from Psalm 72. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. Long may he live. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all day long. May all nations be blessed in him. May they pronounce him happy. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Friends, let us worship the living God.
brothers and sisters in Christ, to open our hearts to God is to risk, to be vulnerable, to know that God is a righteous God that can judge and to, in, it can also condemn us. But with confidence in God's love greater than all else, we come and confess our sins so that we might again be assured of God's grace. Will you please join me as we pray together the confession as printed in the bulletin. Lord of grace and truth, we confess our unworthiness to stand in your presence as your children. We have sinned, forgive and heal us. The Virgin Mary accepted your call to be the mother of Jesus. Forgive our disobedience to your will. Your son, our savior, was born in poverty in a manger. Forgive our greed and rejection of your ways. We have sinned. Forgive and heal us. The shepherds left their flocks to go to Bethlehem. Forgive our self-interest and lack of vision. We have sinned. Forgive and heal us. The wise men followed the star to find Jesus the King. Forgive our reluctance to seek you. We have sinned. Forgive and heal us for the sake of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Friends in Christ, know this. God removes our sins from us. As far as the east is from the west, so, so far as God removed our sins from us. For his forgiveness is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you, in the name of our Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of Christ be with you. Share that peace with each other, and especially as you go out into the world, that others might know that peace of Christ. Peace be to everyone. <clears throat> And hopefully in 2022, we can hug each other with the peace of Christ. But in the meantime, it's good to be, there, be with everyone on this uh, last Sunday in December, last Sunday in 2021. But notwithstanding that, the mission and ministry of God continues. A lot of things happen, happening. Uh, check out our church's website and the emails that we send, the e-blasts that we send. First thing, these, points, these lovely poinsettia plants um, after the worship service, please, please take some home. And if these are all gone, there's some more in the fellowship center. But we don't want these to be here. Decorate your homes, offer them to a neighbor, and thank you for all those who uh, offered uh, these poinsettias and gave them in, in memoriam of loved ones. The church office will open um, from 9 a.m. to 2.30 all next week. And so if you have any concerns or would just like to pop in for a visit, again, that's next week, all the way through New Year's Eve. The pastor-led Bible studies, uh, uh, La Casa Glen Tuesday, uh, Women's Bible Study Wednesday, Men's Bible Study at the Loma Santa Fe Country Club on Thursday mornings, those will, be re those will resume the first full week of January. It's hard to believe. So not this week, but, but next week. And then the adult uh, Sunday Bible studies that meets at concurrent to this service will resume on the 9th of January. This is the one that the Hohens teach at the Fellowship Center. So those will resume 9th of January. 
A gentle reminder in terms of year-end giving, um, if you would like to have your particular contributions and gifts counted for uh, IRS purposes for this calendar year, a reminder, needs to be postmarked by the 31st of December. You could send it in by mail. You could uh, drop it off. You can also do it by QR code, that cool code that, uh, you know, that's on the back of your, of your bulletins that you've seen in many restaurants in terms of menus. Or you could even text it if you want to be a really cool person. Text the word giving, 858-367-3963. We won't give you any gift knives or anything like that, but you'll know that you have supported God's ministry. In terms of offering, this is a season. In fact, every season is both giving and receiving. And one of the ways, of course, that we do that is by offering our gifts and our tithes and pledges as we are, will continue with worship um, with the choral anthem. We invite you to come forward as you are able to offer your uh, gifts and, and tithes in these offering baskets. Let's continue with our worship.
Friends in Christ, join me now in prayer. Almighty God, we have heard the good news of the birth of your Son, of his life, of his death, of his resurrection. We have seen the work that he has done, and we have seen the work that your faithful people have done throughout the ages so that we too might now hear and see your presence in our lives. So we come to you in prayer, knowing in the conviction of faith that you hear, that you understand, that you respond. As we open our hearts to you and pour out the deepest thoughts, the deepest questions, the deepest cares, we know, Lord, that you do not always answer in the way that we would have you answer. And so we entrust our prayers to your perfect will and to your perfect plan for all of your creation. As we pray, though, we give you thanks always for family and friends. We thank you for friends who are family. We thank you for the family of this congregation. We thank you for those who work and serve even in this holiday season, realizing that there are some who are unable to take time away, who are unable to sit back and relax because they are serving others. We thank you for all the blessings that you have poured out upon us and for the extra blessing that you give us of sharing those with others. We thank you for blessings that we see and touch and hear and taste and feel. And we thank you for those blessings that we do not realize, but that we know are there. We thank you this day for the lives of those whom we have loved who are not still with us. And even though some of us grieve deeply now and miss them so, still we thank you for the gift of their lives. We thank you for the gift of the life of one who went by the name of Desmond Tutu. We thank you for the witness of his life and for the lives that he touched with your love and with your truth. We ask that you would touch others with our lives that through what we say, they might hear your word, and through what we do, they might see your work in the world. Help us, Lord, then, to be committed to the Christ who was born into the world, not just in this happy time as we mark his birth, but in all of those hard times, all of those challenging times, all of those times that call forth from us the same commitment and dedication that he demonstrated as we confront the sin and the brokenness and the darkness and even the death of this world, a world that you have come to heal and renew and redeem in Jesus and in all that we also say and do. We pray these things, Lord, with the conviction that you are working your will in the world even still, that you are working your will in the world as we offer ourselves to its transforming and renewing power. 
And so hear us then, Lord, as we pray together in the words that Jesus taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Amen, amen. Thank you to the choir, to our indomitable Juan Carlos Acosta and Susie Schick for providing, blessing us with music throughout this year. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. As we prepare to hear God's word read and proclaimed, we need the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Please join me in prayer. Truly, O oh God, we give you thanks and praise for you revealing yourself to us in Jesus Christ through your Holy Spirit. As we prepare to read and hear your word read in scripture and proclaimed in sermon, Holy Spirit, Come to us in a way that only you can. Grant us illumination, understanding, wisdom. Crown us with your love. May the words of my mouth and meditations and thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. For it is in Christ we pray. Amen. As you are able, please stand as we hear God's word read. The first reading is from the book of Isaiah. Hear the word of the Lord. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant, your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you, the wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Then a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard, this he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. But when they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. 
Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, the word of God for the people of God, holy wisdom, holy words. And everyone says, thanks be to God. Please be seated. These past 20 months and certainly more recent, all of us, I think all of us without exception, have been wondering what is real and what is not. What is so-called fake and what is not. We are stopped in our tracks and flabbergasted when we see something that is just, can this actually be happening? This is so unbelievable. Whether it be another act of racial injustice, whether it be 30 tornadoes in the Midwest, typhoons in Philippines, gas prices to the, to the heavens, or perhaps a couple of incidences at the great American temple of consumerism, Costco Presbyterian Church. <laughs> meat prices, meat prices, a pack of, of ribeye steak of $90. Or perhaps a scene that our family saw several years ago as we were going from the a vitamin aisle and, you know, that place where there's samples and so forth, and right there on the right side, the clothing section and some lady who felt that it was okay to begin to try on clothes, take on one piece of cloth and put another and just go on and carry on. <laughs> what do we do with that? Interrupted with what ought to be a pleasant shopping experience. Or that's Costco, right? It's not always pleasant. <laughs> Housing prices, mortgage rates go down. Hopefully you refinance your mortgage as it slowly creeps back up. Stock prices go this way and that way. Rain in San Diego, strange. My pastor colleague, Roger Nishioka, who's senior associate pastor at the other village church in Prairie Village, Kansas, recently described the distinction, the difference between interruption and disruptions. Interruptions is an event where, when you're confronted with it, like our Costco lady, you stop, you deal with it, you make some sort of response, and then you carry on just like before, continue on with our shopping. But there are disruptions. Those events where you stop in your tracks, maybe for a few minutes, a few hours, weeks, months, years, and you are changed, transformed. That to continue on the journey, to continue on where you were at, you have to do it in a different way, in some remarkably changed way because of that event or that circumstance that you and I were confronted with. COVID-19 would be one of those. The death of George Floyd would be that. My colleague, my college buddy, Ryan Roslansky, who's a new CEO of LinkedIn, last year put a hashtag, he coined it, hashtag great resignation. Right? This phenomenon, these last two years of the American workforce, people just 
leaving their jobs for no reason. Pastor colleagues who are doing the same. More recently, in 2021, around the summertime, he coined another hashtag, the Great Reshuffle, he put on LinkedIn. As people are trying to figure out, to discern, okay, so should I retire? I, had, I know a number of folks who are taking early retirement, those who are trying to figure things out, discerning what is the leading of the Spirit. That's a disruption. And in the text today, we see certain characters that are disrupted. And hopefully, any time and every time that you and I are confronted with the living God, when we are in worship together, when we open Holy Scripture, that it is always a holy disruption, as in Isaiah and in Matthew. The text from Isaiah 60, which is part of book two of Isaiah, right? Isaiah had three. First Isaiah, second Isaiah, third Isaiah. Chapters 1 through 39, chapters 40 through 55, and chapters 56 through 66. And each of those sections describes God's people of Israel in whether before their exile to Babylon, during their exile to Babylon, or the restoration back to Jerusalem. Chapter 60 is right there from their perspective of being exiles in a foreign land in Babylon. And as they're wondering and waiting for decades and decades, will the God of the covenant, the God of our ancestors, will God hear us? Will God restore us? When are we going to go back? Go back to our homes, go back to Jerusalem, maybe rebuild the temple. Chapter 60 is both a, a promise of hope, of restoration, and a description of what is to come. Isaiah 60 goes on to describe Jerusalem, God's people, as, yes, you will be restored, and this is what it looks like. The kings of Sheba and of Midian and Ephah will come, and they'll offer tribute to you, Jerusalem. They will, they will show that you are prized, you are valued, you are loved, and we pay tribute to you. Here is lowly Jerusalem who had been exiled and the nations are, had said, in essence, aha, ha, 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 where is your God now? Where is the promises that you had been declaring for all these centuries? You're in Babylon. You're in a foreign land without hope. And the prophets, Isaiah and his contemporaries, have to give that word, describe for them, Recalibrate faith and hope. Don't lose hope, because that time will come, as described in this Isaiah 60. And in, indeed, we know how their history continues. Persian King Cyrus will order their restoration. They will return, and indeed, their, their stature, if you will, continues, notwithstanding the major disruption of the exile. And so we get to the Magi. Let's talk about the Magi. As we've been spending several weeks on talking about various characters in the nativity scene, and Pastor Jack has invited us to consider which characters do we connect with, those that we see visibly, and in the case of King Herod, the invisible hand of, of, of King Herod, but always present because of the influence of what Herod did. And so now we get to this business of the Magi. 
Let's first dispel some certain long-standing myths and traditions of the Magi. The Magi, that term, M-A-G-I, right, is in English. That's our English rendition of the Greek term magos. Magi is the plural of magos. So actually, it shouldn't be magi. It should be magi. Magi. Now, can you imagine if we start to say, oh, the Ma Maggie went to Jerusalem, and you had a friend, Maggie. But it is. If we want to be true and correct to the pronunciation, to the plural form of magos, we should say Maggie. Maggie. Another thing. Were there three? I like we three kings of Orientar as you do. But were there three? Now, tradition, of course, holds to three because of the three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Three gifts, therefore, three, uh, three Maggie on camels. Last night, we were at a family party at Scripps Ranch, a large Filipino party. I've always talked about Filipino parties. A lot of people boosted, thankfully, COVID protocols, etc. My wife um, prepared over the past few weeks, I think, 20 gifts or so. 20 gifts. She wrapped it. One for ele Elephant Exchange and others just to give away. 20 gifts, but there were only four of us who went to the party. Not 20 of us. Now, there is this uh, seminarian that I, I, a classmate of mine in seminary, who when we would have daily potlucks, we would bring a dish, one dish, one person. My friend, one person, had a stomach of five. And what gift or potluck did he bring? Zero. <laughs> so is it three gifts, therefore three kings? Not necessarily. And were they kings? See, the Magi, the Magi, are traditionally regarded as a group of philosophers, astrologers, and magicians. If any of you have seen Spider-Man recently, Doctor Strange, the warlock, we're talking David Copperfield and Houdini, magicians. In fact, the Greek Old Testament, the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament, translates Maggie for Daniel chapter 5, verse 11, when King Nebuchadnezzar summons the astrologers and sorcerers and magicians. We see this also in the character of Simon the magician in Acts chapter 8. This man who confronts the apostles about his sorcery and so forth. Talk about the Ouija board. That's what Maggie was. And we also find this in the translation in the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 6, when it talks about sorcerers, wizardry, those were the Maggie, regarded by society as those who looked at the stars, who interpreted the stars, who, who read the books, who read the, who read the philosophers, so they could seek truth and, and wisdom. They were regarded as the intelligentsia, the elite, the ones who supposedly knew truth and who were super smart and therefore had wisdom? Or did they? Or did they? The text also says that the Magi, the Magi, they didn't go to a manger. They went to the house 
That's what the text says. That perhaps the holy family, after they hung out with the shepherds and so forth, they were at the manger and then they went to the house. And the text also says that they were overwhelmed when the star stopped moving. But yet the ancient manuscripts indicate there was no thing... There was no phrase that said, stop moving. It was, they just saw the star. This is not like the blue light special, you know, where you follow the blue light. And, oh, okay, there's the Carlsbad Village, you know, outlet malls. There's the Christmas discounts. That's not what this is. To be right to the biblical text, these Magi, these Magi saw the star. And they went. And they went. Now, these Magi are believed to be around from Arabia and Persia, Gentiles. Their arrival on the Christmas scene is the Gentiles are coming. But their smarts can only go so far. Their smarts can only go so far. And we know that. Because in order to follow Jesus, in order to follow and to discern God's will and ways, the early church fathers described this when they talked about the hands of God. One hand is the Word, the Scriptures, and the other is the Holy Spirit. That in order to know truth and to know wisdom, we need to know the Scriptures, the Scriptures that bear testimony authoritatively to the Lord Christ to the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that talks about sin and salvation. But apart from the Holy Spirit, we can't understand this. And that's why we begin our, our, our reading and, and our worship service asking the Holy Spirit, come, oh come, come to us. Grant us wisdom and understanding. Convict our hearts. Disrupt us. Disrupt our lives so that we will be changed and transformed. And so here were the Magi, coming and presenting themselves, following the star. But they could only go so far. I like that rhyme. They followed the star, but they could only go so far. They could follow the star, but they needed the scriptures which they studied in order to pinpoint where would, should we go. The Holy Spirit discloses to them this is where you should go, and when you go, we see the result of what happens. They go, and the text says they pay him homage. It's not just to hang out in this baby shower. It's not just to hang out and see the birth announcement. They take that extra step. But in order to take that extra step, it does take the Holy Spirit to disrupt lives, their lives, our lives. The word that is translated for us as east, wise men from the east, is the word Anatolia, which is the old way of, of referring to Turkey, right? Anatolia. Anatolia literally means the place of the rising sun, which is translated east, because the sun rises in the east. They came from the east. You see, these Magi, these Magi, these astrologers, these so-called smart people, these wise guys, they are like you and me because we always want to seek and pursue 
truth or what we think is truth. We want to seek maybe love. We want to seek God. Or for those who don't know God, to seek other gods, the divine. We're always in pursuit of something. We are restless people, aren't we? All the time. That's why it's called the great resignation or the great reshuffle. We are restless people. Should I retire here in, in, in San Diego? Some church members have gone on to Utah, and Idaho, and Nevada, and Florida, and wherever might be the case. We were talking about the other week of St. Kitts and Nevis. Have you ever been to St. Kitts and Nevis in the Caribbean? Apparently, if you pay some cash, about 200000 you could become a citizen of St. Kitts and Nevis and therefore be part of the British Commonwealth. But I digress. <laughs> I digress. I really do. But we always seek and pursue. We are, human beings are restless. And the Magi, the Magi, are seeking what? What are they seeking? And let me ask you this, on this first Sunday in Christmas, as we end this 2021, and those of you listening online, what are you seeking? What are you pursuing? What is your heart looking for? The great disruption is that what the world and what we regard as wisdom is foolishness. And what we regard as God's foolishness is God's wisdom. There's one thing that the scriptures, particularly in the New Testament, describes as the foolishness of God. Can anyone guess what that is? In the scriptures, that's the term that it's used, the foolishness of God. The scriptures describe the cross as the foolishness of God. And we ask, why would that be? Why is the cross the foolishness of God from the world's perspective? Because from the world's perspective, when the world looks at the cross, the cross is the world has conquered God's Son. The world has frustrated this man who came to heal and to love and to feed the hungry and to clothe the naked. The cross is a demonstration, ah, that Herod and the powers and principalities, Caiaphas, we have God figured out. The cross is foolishness to the world who does not understand or accept God's truth and God's wisdom. And that's why 1 Corinthians labors at describing in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Jesus has become the wisdom of God. Why? Because in Jesus Christ, what the world regarded in the cross as God being defeated, there we see, as we know, God's Son actually being victorious showing us what it means. Our searching, our pursuit is over. God has come to us in a decisive way in his son Jesus. No one and nothing can prevent God's love from going forth into the world. 
You see, we don't have to wait for the Lenten and Easter season, although for those of us on staff, after we take our, our nap for the next few days, we're going to be talking about Ash Wednesday and, and the Lenten season and Easter, isn't it? Right? I'm sure Jack and Juan have already been collaborating on that. Ash Wednesday coming up in, a few, in two or so months, in March or so. We don't have to wait for that because at the nativity scene, the cross is already presumed. And so, with the Magi, the Magi, all the world's wisdom, all the world's stargazing is shown for what it is. Only in God's wisdom, Jesus the Christ, do we find the way. And it's not that we find the way. God pursues us, pursues you, pursues you and me every single day every time we are confronted with God in the scriptures and with the Holy Spirit. Now, how do we know this? How do we know this great disruption is happening now and continues? How does Matthew end? The gospel according to Matthew ends in Matthew 28 with the charge, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you, Jesus says. And lo, I am with you to the end of the age. Here were the Magi, the Magi, the Gentiles coming forth. And then by the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, the apostles are sent forth to go out to all the nations in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world to proclaim and to teach the good news to teach, not worldly wisdom, but he says, teach all that I have commanded you. And then he says, because he knows that we're on life's journey, we're always in pursuit, we're always in pursuit of something, I am with you always to the end of the age. Merry Christmas, and have a blessed new year. Let us pray. Truly, O oh God, we rejoice. We rejoice in you, O oh God, because you disrupted our lives and this world in such a good and phenomenal way. When we would, O oh Lord, go on our own energy and strategies and agendas, you continuously present yourself to us through the gospel, through your scriptures, through your spirit, through all the many ways that you prod us O oh Lord, to pay attention to you and to your word. Thank you, O oh God, for loving us. Thank you so much for being with us. Bless us, O oh God, we pray, and that we would be your disciples out in the world, proclaiming the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Let us affirm our faith now in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please stand as you are able for the charge and benediction. Let our charge be that from Matthew 28, Go ye therefore, my friends, go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that Jesus has commanded us. And lo, he is with us always to the end of the age. Receive this blessing now to God who is able to do now to God who is able to do exceedingly more beyond we can ever ask, think, or imagine. According to God's power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus from generation to generation now and always. Amen. <laughs>